Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. The great desire of those who know the Lord and those who love him, the heart's cry is to be of use, to be used of God. And one of the most beautiful portions of Scripture, Isaiah 6, beginning at verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, and high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go. The heart of surrender, the heart of a servant, the utterance of a living sacrifice, The very confession and the answer of one with no demand concerning use. Here am I. Send me. The heart's cry. The heart's cry of one submitted to the Lord for service, however and whenever and wherever he sees fit. A living sacrifice. One surrendered to the Lord for use and for usefulness. The King James Version, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Surrender and availability. We know the cry of the psalmist, Psalm 84, verse 2, My heart and my flesh cry out, for the living God. We read verse 10, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper, stand at the threshold in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. The great desire of those who know the Lord, those who love him, The heart's cry is to be used of God. 
Remember the words of Mary called to carry the Christ, Luke 1, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What an honor to be used of God. What a privilege. What a joy. What an opportunity. What a life. If I am truly surrendered to be used of God, the use is left in His hands. If I am truly surrendered to be used of God, so too the frequency. One of the greatest ministries on the pages of the Bible, John the Baptist, lasted 15 to 18 months, seems to be the best answer. The ministry of the Son of God, three years, perhaps three and a half. And what of lesser use? Do we deem it less valuable, less pertinent concerning kingdom matters? And I would venture to say that some take themselves out of the game when they discover the manner in which the Lord would use them. They view it through human eyes. They judge it according to its reach, its scope, its audience, its influence. One could go on. Less in their eyes. Should, be, should we be one that, that does cry out, here I am, send me, use me, Lord, as you see fit? My heart's cry to be used of God. I wonder sometimes, you know, what happens along the way? As the years bleed on, as time plays out. What happens to the one who cried at first? A man undone. A man aware of his unclean lips. The one who desired nothing more than a place at the door of God's house. The one who uttered these words, let it be to me according to your word. The Scripture characters pressed on with the same surrender and the same confession. And what of us? Was there a day when we saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple? Was there a day when we, undone, cried out, Here am I, send me. Has the door waxed old? Has the word of the Lord become burdensome? And if it's not the word we were expecting, a drag. Oh, to be used of God. If we were to look at two Bible characters that in fact... We're not human. What would be the use? What would be the point? 
what would be the lesson? A prophet summoned to curse Israel. We pick up the text, Numbers 22, beginning in verse 21. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam, he struck the donkey to turn her back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you, that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me, I wish, I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would also have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. For I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. What's the point? Is this a children's message? Should this be the message going on in the other room? No. This donkey was used significantly by the Lord. If I am truly surrendered to the Lord, there's no human contract. My life is laid before God to be used as He desires. And so too the frequency. Matthew 26 
Beginning at verse 64, Jesus said to him, It is as you said, Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his robe, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you've heard this blasphemy. What do you think? And they answered and said, He is deserving of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him. And others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ. Who is the one who struck you? Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus. He remembered the word. Jesus has said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out. And wept bitterly. Imagine if the rooster would have never crowed. You say, well, what of it? Well, I wonder, would there have been a preacher on the day of Pentecost? You know, sure, we can move on from non-human examples of used of God, and yet there is a lesson for us. These are the words of A.W. Tozer. He said, I only have one hope in life, to be used of God. As the poor little donkey rebuked the madness of the prophet, and as the rooster's crow aroused an apostle and brought him to repentance, I pray that God may be willing to use such an unworthy instrument as I. Have we lost the surrender? Is there a human contract in the mix? A poor little donkey used of God. A rooster used of God. You know, and we never read of that donkey being used like this again. Nor the rooster. Back to the routine of life, the routine service. We might deem their use insignificant. We might actually label it no big deal. We might cast it aside as of no use of all, but not the Lord. Imagine if the donkey hadn't rebuked the madness of the prophet. Imagine if the rooster hadn't crowed, his crow arousing an apostle and bringing him to repentance. Did the donkey think it of little use? 
Did the rooster think it of little use? Ah, the human mind needs help. Did the colt have a name? Remember the colt that carried the king? Did the colt go unnoticed? Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. See your king, behold. Shout, your king comes. O daughter of Jerusalem, to you, righteous and victorious, just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The focus was Jesus. The focus was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can we be set free today? Could we be set free today for kingdom use? Might we come back to the place of simple surrender where our one hope in life is to be used of God? Would we pray once again that God might use, might be willing to use such an unworthy instrument for his glory. Use us, Lord, for your glory. Have it all right, your story. Hear our cry, let your kingdom come. A donkey, a symbol of humility and lowliness, a beast of burden, with a cross on its back, Seems fitting for us. Oh, to carry the king. Let the king ride. You say, well, what if we end up feeling used as we serve God? Would this break the surrender? Please note, the prophet Isaiah had no easy call. No easy task, this being used of God. And what about Mary? And what of a doorkeeper? Was the doorkeeper acknowledged and always thanked? You see, no matter the scope of use, one might just find themselves feeling used. And yet, let us never forget that we are being used of God. What a wonder that the Lord would use such an unworthy instrument as I. We must ask ourselves whom this is about. For selfless surrender is a beautiful thing. Romans 15 verse 3 for even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. The Lord knows. Psalm 89, verses 50 to 52, Remember, Lord, the reproach of your servants, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the many peoples with which your enemies have reproached. O oh Lord, with which they have reproached the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. No matter the scope and no matter the frequency, what 
a miracle to be used of God. The heart's cry. Of those that know him and love him. Is to be used and to be useful. No human contract in the mix. You know, what if we don't feel the love? Well, 2 Corinthians 12, 15. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. It's a day to come back. A day to come back to where we had one hope in life. To be used of God. Back to where we prayed that prayer that God might be willing to use such an unworthy instrument as I. I'd gladly be a beast of burden for the Lord. I'd gladly crow in his hour even if that was the extent of my apparent use. And if I am granted more than a moment, more than an hour, more than a day in the sun, let it be to me according to your word. Are you surrendered? Can we leave the use up to the Lord? And set aside the human contract. Let's just sanctify ourselves and let the Lord use us as he wills. 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 and 21. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, set apart, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. I want to be of use. Honor unto the Lord and for the Lord, cleansed from the latter, self cleansed from the latter. Let's ask the Lord to use us. Let's answer. Here I am. Send me. Psalm 5, verse 3, reading from the Amplified. In the morning you hear my voice, O Lord. In the morning I prepare a prayer, a sacrifice for you, and watch and wait for you to speak to my heart. The message paraphrase, every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for fire to descend. Are we surrendered unto the Lord for His use, for usefulness, for His kingdom? Acts 20, 24. I don't know if you've come to this place in your walk yet, but the NLT reads, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. That's pretty clear. <laughs> he has work 
for all of us. Assignments. Remember Rahab? Rahab was a harlot, a citizen of a nation at odds with the Israelites. She helped the people of God. And though we don't have time this morning to take in the entire account, the Lord used this woman. God can use any one of us. What great work did the Lord work with this woman? How was she used of God? Well, she covered the spies. She let them down by a rope through the window, a scarlet cord. For her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall. Joshua 2, verses 17 to 21. So the men said to her, I will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear unless... When we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home, so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we'll be free from your oath, which you made us swear. Then she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. You know, she went to work from the ladder, this vessel, useful for the master, prepared. One day, on the other side, stories will be shared of how the Lord used each one. And we might just be surprised to find out that the Lord used us in ways we deemed a little small, insignificant, perhaps even unbeknownst to us, and yet the importance of the use. Never downplay being used of God. Remember the man Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5? 2 Kings 5 verse 1, now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Verse 2, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. A servant girl, a captive, no name, just a story. No name, just her situation. No name, just her actions. A young girl pulled from all that she knew and carried off to Syria, brought back captive. 
She's stationed as a maid waiting on Naaman's wife, little maid of Israel, a little maid in the house of Naaman, the house of her captor, the house of a leper. You know, I wonder how she served. I wonder how she conducted herself. I wonder what she felt. What was going on inside? The fears, the hope. And so this little maid is waiting on Naaman's wife and speaks up and says to her, 2 Kings 5, verse 3, Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Why speak up? Why help? Why help this man? There you are in captivity. Serving under his rule. His house. Why care? You know, God has an amazing way of getting people right where he needs them. Even a little maid of Israel. This little servant girl with one line in the story, the text, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Listen, faith, faith in her words. What boldness from a little maid, a declaration of faith, a declaration of assurance that there is a prophet in Israel and he will heal. A little maid surrendered to the Lord, surrendered for use to be used of God as he would determine. Ready. Available. I want to encourage us today. We may look at ourselves and think we are insignificant. Little. We may look at our position and think it's not much. We may look at where the Lord has us and think that it's a place of little influence. We may look at where the Lord has us and think it's a place of captivity. Can we think differently about ourselves? Can we think differently about our position? Can we see as the Lord sees? Let's have the worship team return today. You know, I've said this before and I say it again. We never know who will end up at church because of our declaration of faith. We never know who will end up in the Word because of our declaration of faith. We never know who will end up on their knees because of our faith. You never know who will end up calling their Christian relative because of your faith. We never know who will end up healed and declare, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel because of our faith. We never know who will reach glory, who will turn from madness, who will repent. True surrender, I only have one hope in life, to be used of God. As the poor little donkey rebuked the madness of the prophet, and as the rooster's crow aroused an apostle, 
and brought him to repentance, I pray that God may be willing to use such an unworthy instrument as I. You know what Smith Wigglesworth said? He said, look at Mary. When the angel came to her, Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. That, that was it. It was her amen to the will of God. And God wants us with an amen in our lives. An inward amen, a mighty moving amen, a God-inspired amen which says it is because God has spoken. It cannot be otherwise. It is impossible to be otherwise. A vessel, an instrument, an avenue. Can the Lord use us? Or are we all booked up? Can the Lord use us as He sees fit? Or do we come to Him and say, Lord, this is how I want to be used? What happened to the one that said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God? Never downplay the role. Just know that you're serving the King. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And whatever He calls us to do, however He might use us in the frequency, let's serve Him with all our heart and all our strength. Let's be faithful in little. Put in as much effort and energy in the little things. A widow with two mites used to teach a lesson. A woman with costly, fragrant oil used for an anointing. A man's tomb used to usher in resurrection life. A man's display of simple faith used as a great example. Lord, use me as you desire. Here I am. Human contract set aside. I surrender all. Let's stand in the house of the Lord today. Lord, I pray that for a spirit of surrender to take hold of us. The agenda set aside that we would cry out, not to us, but to your name be the glory. That our hearts cry is to be used of you for your glory, to be useful. We'd cry out even as Charles Spurgeon cried out, I would die in a ditch if you'd be glorified. That we would never deem our role as insignificant, as of little use, but we would see through your eyes and know that any calling, any commissioning, any opportunity, any role 
Lord, it's an honor to serve you. Bring us back to the place. Lord, perhaps today we need our lips touched with the coal. We need our confession changed. We need to see and know that we're unclean. That we need your touch, O Lord. That we would answer the call, who will go for us? Who can we send? Open our eyes today, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord.